plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hey folks, this is Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com uh, welcoming you back here for episode 15 of the Locked on Bucks podcast. Wrapping up our third week here uh, on location in Jacksonville here Thursday morning. Today's edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Uh, very excited to have SeatGeek uh, on board with our podcast. Download their mobile app for the easiest way to buy tickets. Uh, as a special we're doing for listeners of this podcast, uh, when you go to SeatGeek, uh, use promo code LOBUCKS, that's L-O-B-U-C-S, hello for locked on, of course, uh, but use promo code LOBUCKS and you'll get a $20 rebate on your first purchase uh, with SeatGeek. Uh, again, we'll come back to that later, but really excited to have SeatGeek on board as a sponsor, uh, not only of this podcast with uh, so many podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, up to uh, 23, 24 team podcasts now, uh, really excited to be uh, ahead of the curve. Here we are with episode 15, uh, building more of an audience every day. So Jacksonville this morning, as you remember yesterday, uh, first day in Jacksonville was ridiculously hot, um, just oppressively hot. Uh, and it was that way at least early on today. Uh, they started a little bit later than usual, started at 10 a.m., do about a half hour of warm-ups. Uh, and again, the cool zone was much appreciated by Bucks players. They had this uh, tented area off in the corner of their practice field that's uh, covered and sheltered, and they got about six of these big, uh, looks like a giant humidifier almost, but it's just a, a cooling fan that mists the whole area. Nice and cool. Uh, they also have this thing called the Polar Pod. This is more for uh, fans, but it's like a refrigerator on wheels, if you will, this gigantic trailer that's just a huge, basically a fridge, uh, set at like 50 degrees, and they welcome fans to go in there and, uh, you know, hang out for a couple minutes. they got a TV on. does wonders to cool you off. The players aren't lucky enough to hit the uh, polar pod in the middle of practice, but I did uh, partake in that this morning and help things in terms of me getting to the end of that practice without keeling over. You know, the big thing uh, that first day, I spent a lot of time watching the Bucks' offense, uh, and as you may recall, probably was not the uh, best day for the offense on Wednesday. Dirk Cutter said as much. Uh, so I tried to watch the defense today much more. You guys had questions last night uh, asking about the defense and really couldn't say as much because they're going on two separate fields in these joint practices with the Jaguars. Uh, so you try and kind of stand between them, if you will. And on your left, you got the Bucks offense uh, going against the Jaguars defense. On your right, you have the Bucks defense going against the Jaguars offense. And invariably, whichever side you're looking at, uh, the oohs and ahs will come from the other field. I- I'm usually uh, got the iPhone out, trying to get as much video as I can, uh, and it's it's simply a coin flip. You, you don't know which side's going to have the amazing play. Uh, I think yesterday we were talking about amazing interception that Brent Grimes had, um, and there's there's probably three or four of us that are reporters that are trying to get video of uh, of these Bucks plays, because uh, you can throw them up online on Twitter. We throw them up on our Twitter feed here, um, and it's pretty cool to see. It's something you can't get in very many places, so it's almost exclusive content. Um, 
once the practices are closed, obviously they're not going to want us videotaping practice. So it's kind of a, a perk of training camp, a cool thing we can do here in the first couple weeks of the preseason. But it'll go away uh, very soon here. Uh, but it's been fun. So anyway, yesterday uh, there was this amazing pick, and, and you almost feel guilty tweeting out a description of a play in Bucks camp right now if you don't have video to go with it. you got to say, well, uh, there's no video, but uh, Brent Grimes just made this insane leaping one-handed grab. If you go uh, to the Buccaneers website or to their Twitter account, they they managed to find, uh, they use the coach's film. You know, the, these teams have these high, high, usually they're scissor trucks that are, you know, 50 feet up or whatever up, and, and they're looking down and they're shooting. Uh, there's an end zone shot and there's a side shot, and they're taking video of every play because they want to, it's important in practice, but it's even more important to go back and analyze and say, well, they did this wrong, and the linebacker was too deep on this play, and this guy was off sides, and this receiver cut off his route way too early. They break everything down. Uh, I think Dirk said that after that first day, because they got two fields going as once, they got twice as much film to analyze. I think they went nonstop breaking down film from when they got to the hotel, maybe 1 o'clock, until like 9.15. So there's a lot going on. But anyway, the only footage... Uh, they had of this amazing Brent Grimes interception was from the side coachesville and, and it's it looks like it's so high up it looks like it's a satellite that was like retasked to go over Jacksonville and take a look at the Bucks defense but Grimes uh, made this great play where he just went up and, and literally one-handed high over his head caught it palmed it and in a single motion came down with it like possessed it with the one hand before he even hit the ground and was ready to run back just a, a beautiful play uh, you see flashes like that, and you understand what they still like about Brent Grimes, even at the age he's at right now, uh, having gone to the Pro Bowl last three years with Miami, uh, and potentially being a, a real difference maker in this Buck secondary. There was a fair amount of news uh, I want to get to in terms of little things coming out of practice today. Uh, the big headline for a lot of people was uh, a fight that kind of broke out at the very end of practice. I did not see it, again, looking at the other field. Uh, but uh, Dante Fowler, who is the uh, Jaguars' first-round pick from 2015, missed all of last year with an ACL that he tore uh, literally on the very first practice of rookie minicamp. Dante's a local for us with the Times. I went to Lakewood High School in St. Petersburg, played in college with the Gators, uh, went to his pro day, I did, uh, last year in 15. Uh, and again, very exciting player, could be a very... A uh, big part of the Jaguars' future, just as a young pass rusher, a guy that could really step in. I uh, was talking to one of his teammates, Chris Smith, today, who said he, he, he has that Vaughn Miller flash in terms of that just ridiculous speed and quickness around the edge. Um, Dante Fowler's also still fairly young, a little immature. Uh, got into a fight with uh, the Bucks guard, Ali Marpet, today, uh, and got himself kicked out of practice. Like Gus Bradley had said, they, they had ground rules with the Bucks. Uh, the, the deal was no fighting, no swinging at anybody, none of that at all. Uh, so when he, you know, even late in the last practice they're having together, uh, didn't respect those rules, uh, Gus Bradley sent him off. Uh, so waited for about a half hour trying to get Dante Fowler, trying to write him for a, a feature just on a St. Pete kid uh, who's finally now back playing and, and ready to start his NFL career a year later. Uh, Dante did not talk to the media today. Uh, but anyway, that was probably the big news was Dante Fowler on Marpet. Uh, Dirk Cutter comes up to the media. There had been one day, first week of training camp, where there was kind of a, a skirmish between players. And the first question, I, I didn't ask it, but the first question somebody asked is, uh, hey, can you just talk about the, the fight there, the scuffle? And Cutter very succinctly 
said uh, if you just watched two and a half hours of practice and that's the one thing you took from it, uh, you're not looking at the right stuff. Uh, that's that's feisty Dirk. We get that every once in a while uh, covering the team. A lot of fun with Dirk Cutter, but he will will definitely come back at you with attitude if you didn't like a question. Uh, so today he walks up to the, uh, they call it a rake, actually. They have a microphone stand, and if you think about what a, an upside-down rake looks like with all the prongs sticking up, same deal. they got a, a microphone stand with holes for about eight mics on there. Uh, our uh, wonderful snowball mic that we use here for the podcast probably would look awkward there. Uh, I just got my little Sony digital recorder. wouldn't even fit in there either. But anyway, walks up to the rake, and the first thing he said is he will give uh, $100 if the first question we ask uh, is not about the fight, uh, jokingly, uh, did not pay the $100, but uh, did not want to talk about that fight. And honestly, we came back later and asked him about it, didn't want to talk about it. Gus Bradley uh, did address it um, and just talked about you know how important it was for him that they be respectful and mind the rules that the two teams had set up. Uh, Dirk Cutter went out of his way the day before to say how much he appreciated not only how much the Jaguars made them feel at home, practicing three hours from home, uh, but also just how well the two teams were professional in terms of respecting the rules of engagement for this week um, and, and not getting into trouble there with that. So big big part of things, but really only one exception with the fight there. I do want to come back and tell you a little bit more about SeatGeek. Uh, when you're looking for tickets to Bucks games or any college or pro event, definitely give a look to SeatGeek. Uh, some of the neat features they have there. There are a lot of places you can go try to find tickets online. Uh, SeatGeek's the only one that has a deal score. Not only tells you what the cheapest tickets are, but will give you a score from 1 to 100 and tell you uh, not only what the cheapest seats are, but what the best deals are, the best bang for your buck. Uh, so if you're looking to sort something and you can't tell where in the stadium that's a real good value, uh, they'll take the price of the original ticket, the price that it's at right now, what that ticket usually goes for, and they throw in all those numbers together, and they give you a deal score. Uh, it really helps let you know uh, what the best deals are in that stadium. The other thing that's really cool you can sign up for at SeatGeek, uh, price alerts. You might have a price alert with an airfare site online. You might do that with hotels where it gets to a certain rate. You get an email, and you know about it. So football tickets are no different with SeatGeek. If you're looking to go to a game, you're willing to pay X amount. You can have it set up whenever that ticket goes below a certain threshold, you'll get a prompt and you'll find out that email's coming. You know, Bucks game's coming up. Uh, you know, Bucks game's, the nice thing about preseason games is on these ticket sites like SeatGeek, you can get tickets for well under face. So if you're looking to go to Jacksonville on Saturday night for the Jags and the Bucks, you can get tickets as low as $20 right now. Uh, if you're looking to go back in Tampa, uh, if you're looking to go to the Browns, the Redskins game, that Redskins game, that final preseason game, uh, is a game that all the season ticket holders have to buy. Not all of them want to show up for it. So if you're interested, SeatGeek right now, you can get tickets pairs together for $10 each for Redskins Bucks, that final uh, regular season game. Looking ahead to that first home game, uh, September 25th, when they play the Rams and, and kind of break in the new video boards officially at Raymond James Stadium. It's a $50 face value. You can get tickets right now on SeatGeek for $42. Uh, as we mentioned again, uh, if you're new to SeatGeek, uh, use our promotional code LOBUCKS for Locked On, L-O-B-U-C-S. Use that promo code. Take uh, You get a $20 rebate off your first purchase there. So, again, uh, very happy to have SeatGeek on board as a sponsor, not only with our podcast but with all the NFL podcasts here. Uh, give them a try. If you don't have a ticket for a Bucks game, uh, keep them in mind as you're trying to get seats for that. Other pieces of news I want to get to today. 
as we continue with episode 15 here in the podcast. Uh, Gerald McCoy had a bit of a scare. Uh, I think anytime we're talking about Gerald McCoy coming off the practice field, it's, it's a serious thing to talk about. But Gerald went down, was kind of slow to get up, uh, what looked to be an ankle injury. Um, Gerald didn't even get attended to by trainers on the sidelines. Um, was back out. I think the next period was kind of a, a helmetless walkthrough period. Gerald went out there, was lining up, moving around like he normally would. Uh, they did hold him out. The rest of the contact drills they did. Uh, Clinton McDonald stepped in as the number one D tackle in the in the nickel next to Robert Ayers. Uh, so it was soon enough where they they gave him the rest of the day off. Uh, but their cutter said he's fine, nothing to worry about. Gerald said it's not a big deal. Uh, that is their last practice before Saturday's game, so you wonder if he might have Saturday off. Uh, but again, these starters are probably only playing a quarter right now. It's still three weeks before the season opener, so it's not a significant thing right now. Uh, we'll just keep an eye out and see how quickly he's back practicing as normal. Uh, if he's out there playing in the starting lineup Saturday, that's certainly a good sign for, for where that ankle is. Uh, they did their best today to kind of uh, downplay what, what sidelined him today in practice. Uh, the battle at center, we keep having these daily updates. Yesterday, of course, Wednesday, uh, Evan Smith was working as the number one center on that offensive line, which was curious given that it was the first day of this joint practice, the day in pads. Uh, today, Joe Hawley was back, so very much still uh, a back and forth. I think we're on about uh, day 16 or 17 in terms of practices for the Bucks. I think that's only the fourth that uh, Evan Smith has had as the center. So the numbers are still pointing towards Joe Hawley. Uh, but I will be curious to see which one gets to start on Saturday night, which one works with the first line. Right now I would think that's Hawley, but we'll definitely uh, watch and see. That's probably the only job on that offensive line you'd, you'd say is legitimately up for grabs. Uh, another job that's very closely contested is the starting nickel job, that fifth defensive back uh, which is going to be the most common defense you'll see the Bucks in. They'll be in nickel probably twice as much as they are in, in that what you would call a base defense with three linebackers, two corners, and two safeties. Uh, today, the rookie from Florida, Vernon Hargraves, was working as the number one nickel. Uh, more often than not in camp so far, that's been Jude Ajay Barima, uh, the second-year cornerback who played so much last year. Uh, a good contest there. I think they're both going to play. Uh, but for now, today, Hargrave was the number one nickel. Jude was working with the twos. Uh, you guys had asked a lot of questions uh, about the defense, and I did try and watch them with a closer eye today, uh, Thursday, the second day in Jacksonville. The defense looked really good. One of the key periods for me uh, in today's practice was, was a two-minute period, and the Bucks do this most every day. Uh, they'll line up on their side of the field, whole field in front of them, and we'll... Uh, We'll run a two-minute drill. They'll have a live clock, just like a play clock. They'll run through plays. If the ball is gained, they will mark the ball at that spot. They'll run to the line and try and continue that drive. The whole idea is how far down the field can you get in two minutes. Uh, Bucks' offense looked very good going down the field. Uh, Jameis, I think, hit five in a row on offense and then hit uh, Adam Humphreys for a touchdown. Looked very good. Then the Bucks' defense came out against the ones, against Blake Bortles, all, all your top players there. Uh, and they came up with a big stop. It, it got to where I think they got uh, maybe about the 25-yard line, uh, spiked it with five seconds left. They had one more play in this two-minute drill where the Jaguars are trying to get into the end zone. They're obviously, this isn't a situation where you're going to kick, so it's, a, it's like an end-of-game situation, a touchdown or bust. 
it was kind of neat to see the Bucks go into their almost their prevent defense. Literally had the two corners and the two safeties line up on the goal line, and uh, Bortles, you know, threw it up deep, ended up throwing it high back of the end zone. The ball was knocked away for an incompletion, and a big celebration it was a big deal for this defense to to come up and get the stop there in two minute. That was very encouraging. Both number two offenses got stopped by their defenses in their two-minute drill. Uh, so that was a win for the Bucks in terms of getting down the field, getting a touchdown, then not allowing it the other way. Uh, they did do later. Uh, I watched a lot of uh, what they will call low red zone. Uh, everybody knows the red zone is inside the 20. Uh, Dirk Cutter actually separates that into the high red zone, which is between the 20 and the 10. And obviously you have a little bit more field to play with there. And then he has a different set of play calls for what he calls the low red zone, which is the 10 and inside, where you're a little bit more constricted. The defense is right there, uh, a little harder to find space and get people open. So they have two different red zones that they treat separately in practice. Uh, They did what they call Pascal, just kind of linebackers and and secondary and a bunch of offensive targets lined up. And it's very hard to defend because you have so many targets that are open you have no line on this play. There's no offensive or defensive line. It's just a, a pass skeleton, they call it, a pass scale. And uh, quarterback has time, so more often than not, the offense is going to win those. I think I saw maybe seven of eight plays where Jaguars quarterbacks, whether it's uh, Blake Bortles or Chad Henney from Michigan, their backup, or Brandon Allen, their three, um, very consistently were able to get receivers and get touchdowns. Now, it sounded like I was not down at the other end, but it sounded like the Bucks' offense had very much the same kind of success today. Uh, I think Dirk Cutter kind of lit a fire under them yesterday, saying that they were sluggish, saying they didn't have much juice on offense, and I think they showed up with a lot more energy today. Uh, we heard about Jameis Winston just having some great, great drives, uh, picking apart the Jaguars' defense. This is going to be a talented Jaguars' defense. I was telling you guys yesterday, uh, not just the youth and the high draft picks they have and guys like Jalen Ramsey and Dante Fowler and Miles Jack and guys that are going to be big names in the NFL for a long time, uh, but also high dollar. I mean, Malik Jackson at defensive end, uh, House and uh, Amukamura. They got a lot of uh, Tayshawn Gibson used to be at the Browns at Sony Picks a couple years ago. They've invested in a lot of free agent money here in the last year or two, uh, and the Bucks offense did really well. Austin Safarian Jenkins um, had what Dirk Cutter said was his best day of training camp. I think he had. Uh, three touchdowns in, in some of that red zone work. Uh, had like two in a span of three passes. Was just getting open. Uh, Jameis was talking about how when he gets in that zone and he's really locked in, he's very hard to defend. That size, uh, quick passes will get open. So a good day for Austin Safarian Jenkins. Um, I will say that Dirk Cutter continues to praise Cameron Bray nearly daily. We asked him Wednesday, just an open-ended question, hey, who's kind of looking good for you? And he even apologized. He said, I'm sorry if this sounds like a broken record, but Cameron Braid. Uh, so he's been very consistent to where even though Austin is playing at a higher level, he's not able to match the consistently good result they're getting from Cameron Braid in practice. Uh, so anyway, um, that should about wrap things up here. Thanks again, guys. We were done with three weeks of this podcast now. It seems like we just started it, but episode 15 is in the books. Um, we will have a ton to talk about. Again, these mud- Monday podcasts will be so newsy uh, during the season because we'll be coming off games and we'll have so much to talk about in terms of all the things that we noticed that you might not have seen in games. So Saturday night, 7.30, the Bucks are in Jacksonville. I'll be back up there and then coming back Sunday, we'll do the podcast 
uh, for Monday morning to wrap things up there. We'll certainly take your questions over the weekend. Uh, don't have time for a mailbag today, but I want to make sure you guys know if you want to send in a question over the weekend, especially your reaction to Saturday's game, what you liked, what you didn't like, who really stood out to you, uh, I can do that by email. can hit me up at LockedOnBucks, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-B-U-C-S at gmail.com. I uh, can certainly do that on Twitter as well. Uh, excited. Every day we're piling up more and more followers. We're going to hit 100 by that Jaguars game. We're over 80 now. Uh, really appreciate you guys that are starting to follow on Twitter, especially the ones that are taking time to ask questions, offer up comments. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, we are locked on bucks at locked on bucks on Twitter. You can always hit me up on my personal account uh, at Greg Aumann. That's A U M A N as well. Thank you guys so much for the interactivity. Thanks for listening, for subscribing. Uh, you're getting this on Audio Boom. You can get this off of iTunes. Can get this off Google Play. More and more places you can get that. Again, thrilled to have SeatGeek on board as a sponsor for this podcast. Just reminding you to please download their mobile app. Easiest way to get tickets for Bucks games, any NFL college game you want to go to. Uh, again, if you're interested, if you haven't used SeatGeek before, use promo code LOBUCKS, that's L-O-B-U-C-S, for a $20 rebate on your first purchase. Uh, the way those Bucks prices are, that's practically free for a single ticket to a Bucks game coming up here in the next couple weeks. So thank you guys again. I will wrap things up here. Uh, but... Uh, Wrapping things up, episode 15. Thank you guys, everybody, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.